2: Adjacent?
3: You're listening to the Sports Adjacent.
1: Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent.
3: With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network.
2: We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. I don't necessarily understand it. It's not even just football. I've seen it in baseball. I've seen it in other sports where like, I don't know if guys realize you get yourself benefit of the doubt when you're forward-facing, right? And when you, like, talk to me, I know you don't have to do it all the time. Like, I know players who, like, you get them when they perform in the game and every 10 days or so you get them, right? But, like, at least be able to answer for things that you were responsible for, right? And I also think I don't know if players always know what our job is. I tell people that all the time. I don't know if athletes necessarily always know in football, in baseball, in basketball, whatever, what the job of a reporter actually is. Right, and it's different for me on the national side now, as opposed to when I was on the the beat, where it's like I have to use my relationship ability every day to make sure I can cover this beat well, where I can, I can hit Kyle Schwarber on uh you know off uh, you know on a, on a road trip and be like hey kyle you got a second or i can hit chris bryan or anthony Rizum and be like hey bro can i holler at you or i could shoot somebody a text and be like hey man when we're on the road this week i need like 10 minutes whereas now like i can go different routes outside of the pr staff to like holler at somebody but that's a benefit that i have just on like how i've grown in the business but it's just like i don't always know if players know like hey it's just, it's our job to cover this team and you are part of this team. And I have to ask you things sometimes on a daily basis or, you know, during the week for you guys when you're at Palace Hall and then after the game. And I feel like if players understood that, I think the relationship would be better. Right? Like I, I know that the PR staff that I worked with, with the Cubs, talk to players like, hey, this is Gordon Wittenmeyer. This is Russ Dorsey. This is Paul Sullivan. He's a columnist. This is Jordan Basham. He writes for MLB.com. But, like, if teams don't do that, they don't inform people about who people are. This person's going to be, you know, at home. They're going to be on the road. Uh, they're a good person. Like, don't give this person shit just because, they you're here. Like, they didn't do anything to you. And I also think there was a – the leadership for the team that I got, you know, I ended up covering understood – my job right where i could go you know i could have a back and forth with david ross and it not be personal because he understood what i i do for a living like jed and theo were the same way but if people don't have that understanding and there's no chain of command where it's like no like these are the people that cover you on a daily basis and they deserve like the working respect then of course players are going to not give a shit about y'all time and it's unfortunate because the fans suffer at the end of the day Like, I'd love to tell you what Justin Fields thinks, but there's somebody standing in front like his bodyguard so we can't talk to him in the locker room, you know?
3: Yeah, it's a two-way street, and you would think that they would understand that. Like, help
2: me help you. Like, whatever your message is, whatever message that you do want to convey, help me help you convey, but I don't understand that. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, Jason. Like Herb's Wi-Fi is unfortunate. Yeah, I know. I wasn't gonna we're say. back anything. I was here again. Keep, I was just gonna keep doing my thing. Um,
4: this is a great conversation that we're gonna continue, Jason. Then I'm, I'm gonna. We keep it. talking about it. I mean, the best, the best working relationships I've had with players has been when I had the most access, and that was when I covered the NBA. It's when I covered the Heat, and there are a lot of factors that make that work well. And one is that you see these people all the time, right? They 100% know who you are. You talk to them two to three times a day in some cases. And so if you write something critical of them, which is oftentimes part of your job, you need to be prepared to be asked about it the next day to have someone bring it up to you. And I don't think that that should ever scare anyone out of, if that does scare you out of writing something critical, then this is not a good line of work for you because everybody knows going into it. That's part of the, that's part of the terrain here. And and if you work a normal job, that's pretty weird. That's pretty weird. Like you get out of your job and a bunch of people who know less about your job are going to hammer you with questions about it and then write an opinion about it that you might not like and might not agree. But in this world, that's normal. That's how it works. Yeah. That's how it works with these guys starting in high school. A lot of high school football and basketball is covered like, you know, pretty intensely in some parts of the country. And so I think that the accountability prevents you. Or, I mean, it, it kind of like it doesn't prevent you, but it like it puts some parameters on. It will force you to, to be respectful and to and to back up your whatever your opinion is. If you think Dwayne Wade should be coming off the bench, you know, you better lay out a good case for that. Yeah. Because when you get asked about it the next day by him, you should have good points to make. But also those guys will those guys, the more time they're around you, you know, they see that you like. I think what you're saying is like these guys aren't bad. guys. The media is not bad guys. They're not out to get us. They're out yeah. to cover and analyze the team. Um, in a lot of cases, they're out to measure us against a certain standard that is probably the same standard the organization has. If it's a respectable organization that's trying to be a contender. And I think that like, that's where you have great conversations where you can have a conversation with a player. This is what it all comes down to for me. Um, I shouldn't, I shouldn't make such a blanket statement like that, but this is one of the huge parts of it for me, as far as people you cover you can talk to a player or a coach about their shortcomings, ways that they have not done what they've needed, not performed uh, the way they've needed to. And it's not personal. It's not insulting. It's, hey, you see what I see. Let's have a conversation about it. Like, just help me understand it.
2: Yeah. And I think I've talked about it on the pod before, and it bothers me from afar where – you, you hear players in other sports less than baseball, but sometimes where it's like you know the media, you know capital M, and I feel like it's so lazy because it's like yo, if something bothers you, dog, pull up on somebody, like say the name of the person that you had an issue I, oh, with, because you read so, for sure, you read yeah, you read something somewhere that bothered you that you take issue with, and it's like just if you want to call somebody out, call somebody out, but do it by name, like don't be lazy in your yeah disdain for what people have written or said about you, put a name on it if you if you think Joe Schmo from the you know uh Chicago sometimes Joe schmo being Jason leisure said something about you, say, hey, man, you know, and another thing like i I didn't you know I read the paper this week and I saw Jason wrote this about me, and I didn't think it was fair because x, y, and Z, I know you would be like, ah, one, thanks for reading two. Then y'all, then that starts a dialogue. Like it's not just, oh y'all hate us because y'all job is to create stories that ain't true. And I think that's such a tired take, and that bothers me because I think it, if you just if you're honest about how you feel, and I think you get it's a catch twenty two for athletes sometimes where it's just like. Yo, I saw what you did, but also, I don't see, I don't read, I don't hear none of the, the noise. Yeah, it's like, right. you got to be yeah. one or the other, right? Like, if you say you read, that means, like, you're aware of what's going on
4: around you, you know? Um, that I can't believe that from anybody anymore. Oh, never. I don't anybody. believe nobody. My dad no doesn't any. miss a thing on Twitter, and my dad is in his 60s. Ryan Polls last week, I'll admit this. This is fine. Apparently, there was some rumor that the Bears were looking to trade Darnell Mooney. I saw the exact tweet where it's, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't hear about this. This never made its way to my desk or my phone. The way I heard about it was Ryan Poles admitting it in a press conference. That was the first I heard of the potential Darnell Moon trading Darnell Mooney trade was Ryan Poles saying, yeah, I kind of was scrolling through my phone. Like they tell me not to, and I saw this thing. And so I wanted to address it. Like he's the boss of the whole thing. And he's reading and checking Twitter and all that stuff. So don't tell me that, like, the 25-year-old athletes aren't.
2: Yeah. And and it's just like, that's a human thing to do. Hey, I was on my phone. I got a Twitter just like everybody else. And because that rumor got shared so much, it ended up on his timeline, which happens all the time, you know? Um, Also, you got to know when you you put out a, a report like that,
4: like, There are people who make those decisions that are going to see that. Right. And you got to stand behind that. You're like me in that. Even with you doing a different job now, like you care about doing the job the right way. And sometimes that requires you to be critical. You can't just this is not a line of work where you can survive. I don't think being afraid to point out things that aren't right. However, you and I both care more about being good people yeah, and treating people the right way. So it's really a hard line to walk. It's hard to figure out like, how can I be professionally and appropriately critical of this person uh, for their job performance and still treat people the way I believe I should be treating people as a human being. And I always tell people, everybody that I cover, everyone that I text, whether it's agents Uh, players, coaches, executives, I always tell them like, hey, I want to have a line of communication with you because I want information. I want to know what's going on. And it's beneficial to you for me to better understand what you're thinking, particularly with a coach or an executive. You know, the more I understand about why you're doing something, the more fair and accurate my assessment of that's going to be. And that benefits you and me. But I always say, hey, if that line of communication goes both ways, like I, I want to know information from you, but also like, you know how to reach me now. So if you see something that you don't like, if you see something that I write that you don't think is fair, or you thought crossed the line of, you know, of beyond like reasonable criticism, like, you know where to find me.
2: Right. Right. And and I think one people appreciate that, you know, and and two, I know you, I have nothing to hide, right? Like. My phone yeah. is here, yo. You have some. You problem? With something I said? Hey, let's talk about it. Like I'm down, because it. I, I know it's not personal for me, right? I know that at the end of the day, I go home. I have dinner just like everybody else. I watch my shows. I read whatever. Um, we can have a conversation about why I said this guy is probably you know coming to his his the end of his ten year with this team. You know, and and they really make a case for it, like you were talking about earlier. But it's not ever a, oh, my God, like, why would you ever talk about somebody this way? Because I know there are some people in our business that do that. It's unfortunate because that, you know, a bad apple rides it for everybody else. And I think sometimes that can happen to one person and it changes that player's dynamic with
4: the media forever. Yeah. You know, well, that's a, like, that's a new wrinkle, by the way, when you were you were talking about how broadly painted the media, the quote unquote media is yeah. now yeah. that now that umbrella, Russ, like I've seen this firsthand to the last probably the last two years. That umbrella now covers every random commenter on Twitter. That's now considered to in the player's mind. That's part of the media. So they'll come out there and say, everybody's saying this about me, this about me. And you're sitting there like, I don't think I haven't read anything like that. In any of the papers or on ESPN or The Athletic, or, and then come to find out, like, if you ever ask somebody about that afterward, you're like, hey, um, who are you referring to? Oh, it's just, you know, people on Twitter. And it's like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So this is nameless, have no people, literally, in some cases, people that don't have a name or a face on there.
2: Yeah. Imagine that. And that that gets gets painted as like,
4: we all get lumped in together. It's all that's, that's the media. Social media is. The media and it can even happen like you know if i write a if i write a column about justin fields and there's like 50 and this hasn't happened with him i'm just using his name for an example and there's like 50 replies on there that say justin fields sucks well that's all kind of grouped in with what i wrote to him he may not even ever read what i wrote just yeah. see all the comments of people saying that he sucks and then kind of lump it all in together of like, okay this is this is the media or social media it's all the i i yeah,
2: I, 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 I think there has to be a fine line. there. like, dude, this is a person who may put maybe put money on you. This is somebody that has been a lifelong fan of your team or you as an athlete. And like they have no filter. Right. You and I have a filter. There are things we would never say to people that we cover. Those people do not have that because you are an avi with a handle. And at the end of the day, you turn your phone off and like there are no repercussions for what you say, right? 99% of the time. But yeah, I, yeah, to be thrown in with Mike from New Hampshire who's pissed off because LeBron, you know, talked about something he didn't want him to talk about in his post game, like I think that is short sighted and honestly like childish because it, it lacks the, the understanding of like, hey, this and this are not the same. These people and these people over here that cover me on a daily basis are nowhere close to being the same. And I need to be responsible enough to say, hey, yeah, I'm not just going to group these people together because I'm upset.
4: Yeah. And I mean, there's a big difference. Even if the criticism is the same, even if the nature of the criticism is the same, even if, you know, people are tweeting, uh, Matt Nagy's an idiot. Matt Nagy should be fired. Matt Nagy sucks, all that. There's a pretty big difference between that and a like well-laid-out 600, 700-word column saying, for these reasons of underperformance, the Bears need a new head coach. There's nothing that I ever wrote. That's like one of the big lines that you have to really be sure about what you're doing when you cross it to say they need the team needs to fire this coach or fire this general yeah. manager uh, because that that is probably... Um, a relationship ender yeah. there, but there's never, there was never anything I wrote in any of those cases that I would like, I would have a problem defending to that person's face yeah. that I would have a problem saying like, how do you dispute this, 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 I mean, you know, by the questions I've asked you, like I've asked you direct questions. One of my, yeah. that's another one of my things is like, you know, when I'm asking people questions, sometimes I say more in the question than I need to, because I want them to be crystal clear on why I'm asking what I'm asking. I don't want it to be later. I don't want them to be feeling later. Like it was sneaky. Like they're like, Oh, this is why he was asking me. Cause he's then going to throw it in my face this way. Like, I, and that goes back to like, that's how I would treat people in general. Yeah. I wouldn't believe in like, you know, kind of subtly tricking someone like that. I'm going to make this example and then we can start a show. I yeah. I don't want Valus
2: Jones to take it out on you. Because I've said that he is 65 years old the entire tenure. Yeah, you're the crazy the random person on Twitter. That's me. Mm-hmm. That's me. And I don't want him to come after <laughs> you like, nah, y- y'all out here making narratives about me being old and fumbling. Although, you know, that that's less of a narrative than the truth. Um, but he shouldn't take it out on you because he's mad at me. Because I have nothing to do with the Bears. I right. am a fan. Right. You are the objective journalist who covers the team for a living. And no way
4: in hell should we be lumped in together. (laughs) If he ever brings that up, I'll just give him your phone number. That's 100 percent fine. I'm sure Russ isn't going to have a problem with this. Not at all. (laughs) I'd be like, what's up, bro? Just call call Russ. And by the way, while you're at it, Matt Eberflus, call Tony.
2: Nah, it's uh, it's wild. (laughs) Bayless Joe question before you start the show. Yeah. Why is he still on the team?
4: That is, that's a great question. This is going to be a very obscure question for our non Chicago audience, but I will, I will, I will give you like 30 seconds on this. So they've got seven receivers on the team right now, right? which is a lot. Usually six is the most you would keep right. and multiple guys don't play receiver. So you've got uh Trent Taylor, who is here exclusively to return punts. You got Valus Jones, who, unless they have some role for him in the offense that no one has seen yet, is exclusively a kick returner. And you've got Tyler Scott, the rookie who is, it's going to probably take a little bit before he can play receiver. Regularly for them. So that's all well and good. As long as nobody ever gets hurt on the team ever at any position, that'll be fine, but somebody will get hurt. So over the next four games, like when you start having an injury at linebacker and an injury at corner and an injury on the D line, then you're going to need extra people. And then I don't know how you keep non-receiver receivers at that point. And you're not getting rid of Tyler Scott, the rookie, and no. you're not getting rid of Trent Taylor, who you brought in to do the job that Velas was not able to do no. of punt returner. So I'm sitting here like, how how does Velas get through the season? Unless he becomes part of the offense. And there's not really been much of a sign of that happening yet. And now look Allure. at look at receiver. They drafted him at receiver, Russ, um, at a time when they had Darnell Mooney and nobody else, basically. Right. That's not the case anymore. There's right. at least three guys better than him. So you him. got three. Yeah, you got three starting caliber. Wide, you got 3,000-yard caliber receivers. Claypool has not hit 1,000 yards, and he was bad last year, but Claypool has a couple of years before that that show you what he could be. And it, and that's certainly a higher ceiling than Bayless Jones.
2: Over, under, and not in a betting sense, but just in a football sense, 29 and a half catches this year. For who? For Bayless Jones? For Bayless oh, Jones. Oh, under, under. And at that point, you shouldn't be on the team anymore. If you're telling me you
4: can't catch 20 balls, you shouldn't be on this team. I think there'd be something that they could do with him. I mean, the skill set's there, but But the skills aren't there. You know what I mean? Like part of it part of it has been his own fault. Like he's this is a third-round pick. This is a guy, like, even if you don't follow the Bears, this is a guy who was like the 70th overall pick. He was a star in college football at Tennessee. But now, Russ, between the combination of Things went way too slow for him trying to get into the offense. And usually if that's an issue, okay, make your niche on special teams. Well, that's gone horribly wrong. And then on top of that, they've brought in people that are just better. Like he's never break. He's never breaking into that top three. If those guys all sign 10-year contracts with the Bears tomorrow, DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, and Darnell Mooney, then that's it. Vales Jones will never break into that three unless someone's hurt.
2: I'm shocked that after they brought in the guy to do his the only job that he had on this team, that he was still on the roster. I'm I'm shocked because the he's season by the time people are listening to this is going to start, and he's still on the team, but he's just a warm body at this point.
4: He's super talented. I mean, he's not he's not like Javon Wims. I mean, he's an amazing t- Javon Williams
2: made more of an impact.
4: Javon, I mean, Bayless Jones is like amazingly gifted, but you know. At like, we point. saw more
2: on-field impact from Javon Williams in his time with the Bears than we've ever seen in Baylor Jones. That's why I was like, I, I can't even, yeah. you say he has a huge skill set. We haven't seen it.
4: And there there's a roster spot to be cleared right away, by the way. Like, this isn't even hypothetical about whether, you know, the injuries start to happen like they do for every team. Like, Tevin Jenkins needs a spot when he comes back. So they're already, like, kind of one over on the roster once it gets to week five. But anyway uh Welcome to Sports, Jason. I'm Jason Leisure with my co-host Russ Dorsey. Herb Howard, I th- I don't think Herb Howard is joining us. He, he was supposed not. to. This does not seem likely.
2: No, nope, it's us. It's us, Jason. Herb
4: Howard was supposed to be in. Wi-Fi issues have ruled him out. On the injury report, it would say Herb Howard, doubtful Wi-Fi issues. Nah, again,
2: <laughs> Herb Howard out.
4: You're just going to the out. out?
2: Now, we've ruled him out immediately, which is a horrible sign. Um, yep. Now it's you and me, man. Like in the beginning,
4: Tony's out. I don't. I. I it's. I'm not sure what happened there, but Tony is out. Hopefully, <laughs>
2: hopefully you we'll get him back. Me,
4: you texted me, or I, I was on a run. I was
2: finishing up a, a three mile run. Crushed my run, by the way. I went sub eight. Hey, great. that's great.
4: That feels I, so I, good.
2: I had a. My I had my watch, my Apple watch on, and so I see a text from you on my like walk when I'm like cooling down. And it said, hey man, I need you to call so we decide what we're gonna do. And I'm like, are we disbanding the pod? Like, what's going on? And uh, I call you like out of breath, like, what's up, man? I'm just finishing the run. You're like, oh yeah, no, it's not a rush. I was just we just need to find our Tony replacement for this week. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I thought you were trying to break this thing up.
4: No. I've learned, by the way, never to answer the phone, like, in that state. Other people hate it, it turns out. I've, I've well, found the, that out.
2: Out of breath state?
4: Yeah, while you're out for a run or still, like, kind of catching your breath after a run. You didn't sound that bad. You didn't sound that winded to me. It wasn't annoying to me when you called me, but I have learned to stop doing that because I've been able to tell that other people are annoyed with me when I'm trying to catch my breath. Even my wife I don't think wants me to answer the phone if she calls while I'm on a run. She'd rather me just wait.
2: Well, I had I... I thought it was urgent, so I was like, well, I can't let this wait till I get home. I won't be home for another 25 minutes, but it was all fine. Um, but now we're here now, and we'll we'll take care of
4: this, the, our, our listeners on this audio adventure. They will be fine. We got some things to talk about, and uh, absentee producer Tony Gill, by the way, is presented by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to our link, sheetsgiggles.com slash SA, and get 23% off everything. It's a great time to go on there and do that because maybe you want the sheet set like we have. And like I prefer, I just put a fresh uh, set of sheets, sheets and giggles, um, 100% eucaly- eucalyptus sheets on my bed yesterday. But you could also get throw blankets, duvets, flannel. It's a eucalyptus hi- uh, cotton hybrid. I have that too. My wife likes that. Um, but I prefer the sheet set. Uh all that stuff's available. So like, and it's a good time of year for all of it. So go to Sheetsgiggles.com slash S a and get 23% off everything. On the day you're, we're, we're recording this. It's like, Hey, I think this was officially the
2: last warm day in Chicago. Um, and I'm actually thrilled by that. I know you're Mr. Miami and you move from here and you're like, F all that. <laughs> you love the warmth, yeah. but Doug, I'm looking at the 10 day. After today, and I see a high, and the number starts with a six, and I oh, buddy, sweaters are coming out.
4: Well, it'll be short. I mean, spring and fall here in Chicago are usually about a week each, and then it's the the the, the fall. It'll be, one, it'll be thirty-one degrees before you know it, man.
2: Yeah, but I, I think the fall one, I we get from like now until november 27th sometimes december
4: 1st depending on how the the weather goes before you have to take out the parka i have seen just in the short time since i've been back which is 5 years now i yes. have seen snow on october 31st mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i have seen snow on may 1st mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's a lot of the calendar <laughs> yes that's well, a that's lot okay. <laughs>
2: That's like when you you call the cable company and they say, "All right, we'll be over between eight a.m. and four p.m." Like, yeah, like such a wide right. range.
4: Right. Most um, of the time you're awake today, you're at risk for us coming by. Right. That's yeah. annoying, by the way.
2: It's just like, <laughs> dog. If you give me a two-hour window, fine. But don't give me eight to four. Like.
4: I yeah I, yes, and and like I think like the cable internet. TV providers are the ones that are famous for that, but a lot of people do that, like pest control, plumbers. They'll be like, yeah, well, uh, we can come out sometime Tuesday. We can, come out, uh, we can come out over by there, out your way, like uh, Tuesday, probably between about 7 a.m. and noon, my friend. And, yeah. and that usually always means you're going to hear the doorbell at 6.45 a.m. 1,000%. I think
2: the best one I had was that I when I first moved into my apartment, I needed cable because, like, living – it, like in a high rise, your cell phone signal does not work, you know, up here. So it, I had I
4: was it was touch and go like I had you would think it would corner. work better. I'm surprised. Right. I and mean, I'm a, am a confirmed non-scientist, but I would have thought like you're closer to the satellites, right? You're talking one bar, buddy. You're closer to the moon. Isn't that where cell phone that, comes oh, from?
2: Listen, man. No, this tower's here on the higher on up, the up, the better. There. Although it doesn't work on airplanes. That's true. And so then uh, I made an appointment with I have Google Fiber as my Internet. Also, best Internet I've ever had. Is that good? Yeah. Okay. dog. It's great. And I had it was bad because Herb Howard uh, needs to
4: listen. Herb Howard needs to listen.
2: So he thought he said he had Comcast. And so when I moved in, I was going to switch because we didn't get direct TV in
4: the city. Herb's Herb's Internet is from Dollar Tree, I think.
2: Well, it's Comcast. And so didn't even
4: you probably didn't even know Dollar Tree had Internet, but they do. (laughs)
2: I had so many issues with Comcast that I was like, you know what? You guys are done. I'm not paying for this. I'm not paying for your shitty box. I'm not paying for any. It just I, I'm just I'm taking it back. Take it. I don't want it anymore. Don't charge me. And uh, I said, I was looking at the internet in the city, and they said Google Fiber was one that was pretty highly rated. I set the appointment for 9 a.m. because I needed to be in the studio by 11. I get up. I have a call from the dude at 830. Hey, man, I'll be there in about 25 minutes. Perfect. Guy gets over here, sets it up. He's gone in twenty minutes. Great Wi-Fi, like it was fantastic. Nothing so every once in like a while, that. you get a good one.
4: Nothing ever works like that.
2: I needed it because I had been. I was so fed up with like uh, Comcast and their terrible service. Like you'd go to part of parts of my apartment and it'd be no signal. You'd have to be standing next to the thing. Uh, it
4: was. It was terrible. Comcast will probably never be a sponsor. It's probably not care. Hey, you're Ah, Portillo's. We've let the Portillo's thing go. You guys went too hard on Portillo's. We were right, yeah. though. Well, uh, you and Tony I, were on a different side of that argument than me. I would still happily go to a Portillo's. Right now, my friend. Sports Jason is brought to you by BetMGM. You can go to BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app. And you can get some bets in right now for the uh, for who's going to win the Super Bowl or who's going to win the AFC or the NFC. You can bet on the week one games. Um, and the great thing is at BetMGM, if you use our promo code adjacent1000, your first bet gets paid back up to $1,500 in free future betting credits if you don't win. So use promo code adjacent1000 at BetMGM. Uh, you can bet on uh, everything you can still bet on baseball games the baseball playoffs coming up college football um all kinds of stuff over there for your amusement bet mGM the king of sports books um I got hurt this week I got injured this week yo what happened a uh it, it's um it's not a major injury but it was in a very like weird and stupid way, and I'm I'm wondering if you've uh, ever injured yourself in a dumb way like this. But I have a Theragun. Do you have one of these? I was actually thinking about buying one. I highly recommend that. It doesn't have to be a Theragun. It, I've heard people buy like the thirty dollar knockoffs, and that those do the same thing, and they're great. I I love this thing, and I use it on like my back and my legs. I even use it on my feet. And I've gotten in this habit of using it on my back and my legs, like right before I go to bed. So I get into my bed and use this thing and then just kind of, you know, drop it on the floor and go to sleep. But I, the other day, fell asleep while doing this. I fell asleep while using the Theragun on my back. And I had it like under the sheets, under the covers while I was doing it. I don't like where this is going. Yeah. I'm okay. This story could have ended up way worse, but I, I woke up at two in the morning and the thing was still on. It had been on for maybe an hour and a half and it got so hot. The way I woke up, it, it burned me. Oh, I got a oh. burn. I have a burn on my lower back, like one inch by one inch from this thing. Oh and no. Yeah. It like, it stings. um, And That's the first time this has ever happened. So maybe my system of doing it right before bed in the bed is not foolproof. Um, And then now I have this bandage over it. I got to put this. If you've ever had like a bad cut um, or surgery or a burn or something, you got to keep Vaseline on it or antibiotics or something to try to get it to heal, you know, neatly. And uh, the, the bandage, the bandage has caught quite a bit of back hair. I shaved off like enough of what I thought was enough of the area back there so that it would this wouldn't happen, but uh, it's like Russ, The bandage is worse than the burn. The bandage is like getting stung by bees in my lower back all day, every day. Every movement is just like pulling, yanking on these
2: brother back hairs. All
4: right, I have a. Co- so you shouldn't <laughs> shave your
2: back by yourself. Like you have well, to call. I had my wife in. do it. No, I have okay. my wife to it. Okay. No, that, that's, that's, so like, that's. Going that's not,
4: after the burn right. is wild, babe. No, 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 But that, <laughs> boy, that's, there's, that, this, that's not what you imagine when you get married. When you get married, you're thinking like, we're going to live in this castle and, uh, you know, go to Making galas love and have right. children and happily ever after. Like, not, hey, can sure, you shave my back hair? Yeah, yeah, sure. Some of that'll happen. But also, hey, can you shave my back hair in the shower? Because I burned myself with a household appliance. So what are you thinking? Second, second degree burn? Too. I don't know, man. It took off.
2: First, first degree burn would, it would like you'd get the little uh like burn mark, right? But there'd oh, be no bubbling,
4: that. no okay. oozing. no. So it sounds like you got a second degree or closer to third degree burn, buddy. I'm thinking second because it wasn't anything. I, I can't really see it. I have to like use my phone or a mirror to be able to see it. Is there it? a blister there? Well, it was two days ago, so I don't think we're quite there yet. I don't know. No, it, it doesn't it seem. Oozed. It might have oozed a little. Okay, I so
2: I think you're you're in second degree burn range. Yeah. And As the days go, there's going to be some blistering as it tries to heal itself. So I've had one major burn in my life, uh, and don't laugh at me. <laughs> I was like ten or eleven, and I'm heating up some uh, some leftover refried beans in the microwave. And as opposed to just tasting them to see if they were done, I lay my finger down on the beans. Oh, and they were done. All right. They were red (laughs) hot and it burned right through. I shook the beans off. I had to put it under the water and that that thing bubbled up in a matter of hours and it was not great. It took about uh, 10 to 14 days for it to stop like bugging me, bugging me. But I had to, you know, keep it clean and put, you know, uh, Neosporin on there and then, you know, make sure it healed up properly.
4: When I was a kid, I uh, I guess I burned myself like in the eye. Because, you know, those hot dogs, the, like Oscar Mayer hot dogs that have cheese inside them. Yes. I bit into one of those and the like molten cheese somehow squirted right out into my eye. Oh, no. Yeah. And it was hot. You're lucky you can see. Yes. I mean, I'm lucky with this Theragun thing, man. I got this ball of fire, like, under my sheets. There's worse places you could get burnt than just on your back. Like, I'll take No, I'm I'll not going to lie to you. I'll take the burn on my back over the this. The burn on your back is fine, because you could have set your bed on fire. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I mean? My my mom was like, uh, oh, you should you should contact Theragun. And I'm like, "Yeah." Let me look through the paperwork that they have here. And like, there's a list of like 15 warnings on this thing, Russ. And I didn't read this until after. Of course, work, no, nobody knows. Number 12 was never use this device like under a blanket because it will ah, get too well, hot, cause electric sparks, a fire or bodily injury. And I'm like, well, they kind of go. got me there. It's going to be hard to file the lawsuit. My mom's like, well, who, who reads those anyways? No one reads those. Yeah, like, eh, I bet the attorneys do. Yeah. The people that I'm thinking the, yeah, I'm thinking the lawyers who weighed in on what all needed to be included in the warnings probably read it. It's going to be the first thing they go to.
2: It's like, oh, you know what? Let's just turn this over. And number 12 says, I, uh, under a blanket, that's you, right? Yeah. Bye. We'll see you later. Well, no one reads those things anyway.
4: that will be my defense. Gee.
2: <laughs> Which is true. Which is true,
4: but probably doesn't that's, hold up in court. That's a wild accident, dog. That's not where I thought that story was going. It actually, my wife actually woke me up because she was up late doing something, taking care of something, and she came to bed at like 2 a.m. So I don't know how much longer I would have slept with this thing overheating. Oh, that's serious. She woke me up and is like, "Hey, your theraguns on. Do you want me to put it away?" And I was all of a sudden like really confused because you get you're confused when you get woken up in the middle of the night anyway, but also like my back is stinging horribly. Like, what's yeah. going on here? And then I was like, ah something happened here jeez theragun something that only like old people need and now athletes i get hurt in a very old person way falling asleep using it i thought you were
2: gonna say you left the theragun on and you went to sleep and it hit you where you didn't want to be hit
4: hmm what would have been better if and you're talking you're saying no burn no. Yeah. It just, just like hit you in the groin while it was on. Yeah. And it was like, I'll, I'll take the burn. I'll take the burn. I don't like anything happening down there. That's not supposed to. I'll take the burn.
2: That's an because after a while, it's going to, after like 30 seconds, the, the pain's going to go away with that. I don't want to. No, no, I, I take need.
4: no chances. No, I take no chances. No. You're, you're done with. having. I don't even buy like jeans have zippers. All yeah, my, all really, my, you don't need any of the equipment have, down there anymore. If we're going to keep it a buck.
0: We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
3: Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you.
2: Jason I remember you were we were talking on a pod maybe a little over a year ago where you said you know on a flight you left your sports coat blazer in the little closet area on a plane you lost it never to be seen again
4: right because a, the man because the man sitting in front of me smelled so bad that I had to get out of run as I off could. The plane yeah and and ended up losing my my uh, uh my blazer yeah
2: so Correct. that's that's unfortunate and sucks. Um, I imagine you to be a responsible person that doesn't lose things often. That's true. Um, I am also very responsible and I also don't lose things often. And I had a situation early this week where I was so mad at myself. So. I fly back and forth from here to New York uh, to do Friday Night Baseball. Right. So I, I fly in on on Thursday night. I fly out on either Saturday morning or Sunday. Um, and I flew back on Sunday. Everything was fine. I get home Sunday afternoon or Saturday afternoon. I go to the car wash on Sunday. And as I go to pay the guy after my car wash, I open my wallet and I see that my license isn't there. Oh, no. And I said, That's oh, no. That's I said oh, no, I said, oh, no. And uh, I'm like, now my heart's beating fast because I'm like, I can't believe I did this. Russ, no. So I get home, I'm like ripping through my backpack, I'm ripping through my uh, my carry-on because I only brought one back and it's not there at all. I look in the pants that I wore back on the flight, it's not there. And I'm just like, dude, really? And so come to find out, I figured that I, I left it in a bin at the Newark airport. Ah. Uh after you know because i have tsa pre and clear but the clear line was longer than the tsa pre line so i just go through tsa pre all you have to do is give the the agent your id give it to him and i imagine that i just throw everything in the bin like you do phone wallet keys etc and didn't pick up the wallet because it was just loose naked in there not like in my wallet before i put it in and left it like so yeah, dog. I literally did not have my driver's license. And so I had to go this week to the DMV, which is it's such a frightening thought, the DMV, especially now that I live in the city of Chicago and the rest of the city also needs to go to the DMV for whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be as something as short as 30 minutes, that could be as long as a couple hours, right? If you go you go at the wrong time on the wrong day. So After I get done with everything I need to do at the studio after our production meeting, I run over there. And surprisingly, Doug, in and out,
4: 25 minutes. Well, that's pretty good. Last time I went there, and I think this was during the pandemic, I went to get, because we had to get like a new kind of ID. there was, I needed to get my new ID to get my passport renewed or something. I don't remember. And I was there like all day. It lived up to every DMV cliche you've ever heard.
2: Bro, I literally I walk in and there's so many people. I'm like, yeah, I might not make it back. So I might have to go. And. I, I literally the lady says, what are you here for? I'm like, yeah, a uh, change of address. Also replacement ID. She goes through everything. She's like, all right, you can walk over here for your picture. The lady takes my picture. She's like, all right, you can stand over there. Uh, They can give you the paperwork. And the paperwork line was longer than anything else. It probably had like 20 people in it, but they had about seven 15 or 16 booths and i think there was somebody at 14 of the 15 booths so that thing was moving efficiently so for the first time in a long time shout out to the city of chicago because the dmv like the big dmv in like right across from
4: daily plaza and all that was running like super smooth you can fly without your license actually you can fly without like your license or your passport domestically but it is not fun. There was one time I had to do it. And I can't remember why. It might have been like when I was getting a new license. They made me turn in my old one, so that because like for f- fraud prevention or something like right. that. And the new one hadn't arrived yet. I think I was flying back from Boston, and they're like, I had some paperwork explaining that. Yeah. But they were like, uh, they I got a full inspection physically. Yeah. Before, before I got on that plane, I'm very hard on myself when I lose stuff because, and unfairly so. Like when I hear you being mad at yourself that you lost this, that's like, I know it's just like this little thing that happened to you, but that it, it, it shines some light on like perfectionist tendencies (laughs) where you'd be mad at yourself for that, where you probably wouldn't be at someone else. If I, if I told you like I had forgotten my license, I I'd somehow left it in a bin at the Newark airport. You probably wouldn't be like, well, that's cause you're an idiot. Right. Like, ah, right, man. It's I hard to it. stay on top. You'd be like, it's hard to stay on top of everything all the time. Like, right. don't beat yourself up about it. But when you do it, you're you're well, crush yourself for that. And I I didn't realize that like I didn't realize till maybe five years ago that perfectionist is a bad thing. Like that that's not what you want to be in life. That that's that's not a compliment. That's something if if you have perfectionist tendencies, like that's something you should probably work through. But I do the same thing and like one of the reasons I get mad at myself when I lose things because it feels to me like a lack of discipline, like yeah. part of how I don't lose things is because I'm super disciplined about being organized. Like for example, I, I, I didn't, I got AirPods maybe like two years ago and those things are like, those things are $200 or at least they were. at the time. I don't know what they cost now. It's a lot of money. And I was so scared of losing those Russ. So I had, I'm like, how do I make sure I don't lose it? Well, I gotta be, hyper disciplined. And anytime I'm not using the AirPods, when I put them away, I put them away in the exact same spot every time. So there's, I have some things like that, where it's like a lot of my work stuff. I put it back in the exact same spot. Every time if I'm not using it, I don't just like leave it sitting in the cup holder in my car. And so when I do lose something like you're talking about, it feels to me like I, uh, it feels to me like a lack of discipline. Like I've been yeah. sloppy or lazy in some way and not been on top of things. And it makes it like, I turn it into such a bigger thing than it actually is. Yeah. And we fly so much doing what we
2: do. It's like, dog, you do this all the time. Like, how, how are you going to lose? Seriously. Like, I,
4: I had flown. Seriously, if I are like, I feel like I've flown, uh, you know, 50 flights a year for the last 20 years. And one time I left a sport coat on a plane. You'd be like, oh, "Yeah, I mean that's pretty good, actually." Like, right, right, and that's and that's how I am like I shouldn't be every year
2: since twenty twenty. I've flown. I used to fly every like three four times a week. Now I'm flying yeah. once a week. Like I'm gonna be Premier One K next week, which shows how often I fly. And it's I don't just know like, what that means. that's a United. So I get to be the people that like get on. I had I don't have to stand in line anymore in United. Oh, okay. So I'm like, it's like, um, people with disabilities, uh, military, uh, military personnel, families with no no, 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 I get to I go get, before
4: families. With I was going to say, you should be going before them. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You've not,
4: not, not served your country or the airline just by popping out some kids. Yeah.
2: Global. It's so it's, yeah, people with disabilities of, uh, military personnel, Then I think it's global services, which is like people who have like a million miles or something like something crazy. Global services, Premier 1K. And I think right after Premier 1K, families with children who are younger. Okay.
4: Then, all right, group one. So I get to go before all those people now, which is nice. I've had the really good status before with Delta. Like not so much now that I cover football because I don't travel as much. But like when I covered NBA – uh, there was one year, I think, down in Miami where I like covered NBA and NFL in the same calendar year. So I had spent oh, the first four or five months of the calendar year covering the heat. And then the last four or five months of the year covering the Dolphins. And the only thing I find that is useful with any of that, the waived baggage fees are nice, but they do that. You don't have to get much of a status with any right. airline to do that. That's pretty easy. I love the uh, Sky Club. I don't know what they call it for other airlines, but the Delta sky Club, yeah. you go in there, it's like open bar snacks, sandwiches. It's like not even being at an airport. Like there's like nice desks and furniture and clean bathrooms in there. It's incredible. Um, I did not even find though, having clear to be that useful because I found, I found a lot of times like what you're saying, where the line for pre-check is faster than the line for clear anyway. Yeah. I, I pre-check's think, a no-brainer, man. Yeah. I, pre-check. It's the, the, I don't want to ruin it for all of us, but I'm telling you, if you're sitting here listening to this and you don't have pre-check, if you fly once a year, it's worth it. Cause it's like 80, it's still, it's still $85, it's still like $85 for a five year. Buddy, I would pay
2: $85 every time I went to the airport to not have to wait in lines. You know what I'm saying? Um, And I have like I have like global entry too because with uh, American Express they like give you a credit for all those things, so that's really nice. And then like it helps when I'm like I'm going to Europe again um, after the holidays. And when I came, it they make it really easy if you're from the states and other like I went to London and it's like you scan your passport and you're done, right? (laughs) Like you they don't even stamp anymore. Remember when I was pissed off? I was like. taking all the fun out of having a passport yeah um but coming back here it's a pain in the ass like you gotta stand in a long ass line somebody look at your passport yo where did you come back from what were you there for all right give me my shit and let me go right like it's so then you could just go you show them your thing and you get to grab your bags and go home but yeah
4: I've gotten Steelers. nervous. I've gotten nervous in those situations. By the way, those should be the easiest questions ever to answer, if you're not doing anything wrong. Yes. And I've I've like fumbled through those before to a point where I probably looked suspicious. I had one uh, time coming, uh, coming back from the states, and they're like, "So what were you doing in whatever country in the Caribbean? I can't remember um, what were you doing there." And I was like, "Oh man, I don't remember." <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, I know what it was. It was this. And they're like, "Okay, and through what organization?" um like easy questions yeah yeah that happened to me at the
2: DMV when I went the lady was just like she said in my previous address and I haven't lived there in so long I was just like um and then she read it off I was like yeah yeah, yeah that one <laughs> in Orland Hills that that's the one
4: I was with I was with a co-worker and we were covering a Dolphins game in Buffalo years ago and we just wanted to like go over to Niagara Falls in Canada and just crossing the bridge whatever it's called like the i don't remember the name of the bridge that goes across but like you have to go through canadian customs and they're like okay the only the question they asked was so simple it was like how long are you going to be in canada and i just Russ, i don't know i don't know what oh, happened like oh uh... I, I gave i gave an answer that they should have i would have arrested me i would have been like something's up <laughs> Nah, you Cause have because i was like token here because i was like well uh, me and my friend here, we're going across to uh, the falls and I don't know if we're going to have dinner over there or not, but then we're coming back here. Maybe we'll have dinner back over here in New York. And um, he's staying at a hotel here in on the, on the state side and I'm staying at hotel. And I like, it was way too much information. It was, it was so much information that I would have, I would have detained me.
2: So, you know, can we get, can we get the AKs over here? Cause I don't like, yeah. I don't like the, we may have 15
4: guys out here. This guy's squirrely. He's not coming into Canada. You know, what's It's wild. They let you go through that. <laughs> Remember when I went to San Diego
2: <laughs> and the dudes with the AR-15 pulled up on me because I was trying to go to Dunkin' Donuts? <laughs> and yours was way more <laughs> terrorist worthy than mine was. Yeah. I was just trying to get coffee. You yeah. sounded like you had some shit going on.
4: Yeah, I sounded like I was hiding some things.
2: Oh my goodness. So yeah, don't don't lose your driver's license at the airport.
4: Russ, you've heard people refer to a slow news day? Yeah. This is not that. (laughs) Let's get it. Let's do the news. We start with Aaron Rodgers. You know a great old person word that I've like really latched onto lately that I like? What is is that? Kook. He's a kook. New York Jets. Yes. Your parents, my parents are going to love me using that word. New York Jets quarterback and confirmed kook Aaron Rodgers says on Hard Knocks this week that he he saw a UFO, Russ. Of course he did.
2: Yeah, yeah.
4: You know, if you saw this quote from like Teddy Bridgewater, you'd be like, ah, he's just screwing around. It's like, no, yes. this is Aaron Rodgers. He's is a classic Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So he says it was 2005 in New Jersey and he and his pal Steve uh, heard an alarm going off outside. They were going to bed. They were about to go to bed. They were at Steve's house. And uh, they heard an alarm outside, so they ran out to see what's going on. And they saw, according to Aaron Rodgers, quote, a tremendously large object moving through the sky and, quote, explosion-type fire in the sky. Then he claims there were fighter jets, and he was, like, mystified by why there was no coverage of this in the newspaper the next day. He says, quote, and if you know anything about UFOs, which is such an Aaron Rodgers way to start a sentence, and if you know anything about UFOs, Russ, and if you know anything about ayahuasca, and if you, did I even pronounce that right? And if yeah. you know anything about living in darkness for four days, you know, like, no, I don't know anything about this. I don't know anything about UFOs. Sorry. I, I'm part of big media that's not covering UFOs, Aaron.
2: Big in if, media.
4: If you know anything about UFOs, Russell, there are a lot of sightings around nuclear energy, volcanoes, and power plants. My question for you is this, Russ. Is this dude just like baked 24-7? It sounds like... Or is he messing with us? It sounds like a dude who was
2: high as hell when this happened. But like, are you going to trust the dude that takes the ayahuasca and has like the hallucination intentionally?
4: I mean, this was 05, so maybe he was, you know, not on to all of that yet, but... This is still kook behavior. It's very much kook behavior. Claiming that this happened. I want to know if he's like, if this is performance art for him, if he, if the joke's on us, maybe, maybe he's like, how crazy of a thing do I have to say before they'll call me on it? Or is this how little they all think of me now that I can say something like this and people will be like, okay, all right. Instead of like calling it out for how ridiculous it is.
2: Yeah, I think when once you become ayahuasca, man, I do think you could just start saying shit like it's like when old people get to a certain point where they just start saying anything. It's like, ah, well, they're old. So I think it's kind of like
4: that. Uh, Tell me if this sounds like the type of shortcut that our friend Tony Gill might take. Okay. two people in China were arrested for breaking through a portion of the Great Wall, like the actual Great Wall of China. Uh, to save time instead of going the long way around. A 38-year-old man and a 55-year-old woman used an excavator to break open a gap in the Great Wall of China so that they could drive through it. Oh, no. This is one of the oldest, most longstanding... Yes! ...monuments or artifacts in the world. I mean, this is... this. It's one they of the wonders of the world. They started building the Great Wall in 220 B.C., and the section that these people broke was built, they estimate, sometime between 1368 and 1644, which that sounds old enough just to me yes. like that. That was a long time ago.
2: Dog, like that. It, it's one of the seven wonders of the world. And just because. Nah, we, I'm not going to drive all the way around. You break through history
4: like that's wild. I, I can see Tony being like, they don't need this part of the wall.
2: Jeez, dude. That's crazy. Yeah, tone tone definitely do that.
4: You know, if someone starts telling me about a flight they were on that got delayed and, oh, yeah, this and, oh, there's delays. Yeah. I, I kind of tune out. I'm like, I'm sorry about it, but that's part of flying. And you hear that so much that it kind of just feels empty. Um, there's a lot of reasons why a flight can be delayed, but this one would get your attention. This yeah, one's yeah, new to where me. Going. I know where you're going in this one. A Delta flight on Friday going from Atlanta to Barcelona was forced to turn around and head back to Atlanta two hours into the flight because a passenger quote had diarrhea all the way through the plane. End quote. That quote was from the audio transmission from the pilot to air traffic control. They Russ, They were, he called it a biohazard issue, which it was. They were two hours into an eight hour flight. Can you imagine being on this flight? They were two hours into an eight-hour flight to Barcelona. So they were like over Virginia. And they had to turn around and go back to Atlanta because someone had diarrhea all through the airplane. And you might hear that and think, ah, come on. That's, I'm sure that's overblown. Until you see the footage? There's a video.
2: Dog, I didn't want to see And I do it. not recommend seeing you the video. You should not. You should not. I wasn't even trying. It
4: was on the timeline. And I'm like, oh, no. It's not a video of the event, but it is a video post event. All right. Can I, I have a question for you. Yes. Like, yes, I want them to turn it around. Yeah. I don't want to do the next six hours when that's happened to the plane. Yeah, for sure. But like, I'm good with, we go back to Atlanta and try this again. One, do you have to go back to Atlanta at that point? Get some OxyClean. Do you have to go to back to Atlanta? Because we're not staying on this plane. Oh, Then you're you're not wanting to even spend the two hours going back to Atlanta? You want to come right down in Richmond no, right now? No, if we're
2: over Virginia, we're landing in Virginia and getting off the
4: yeah. Okay. All
2: then right. number two is, seeing the footage that I saw, did you pull your pants down and have your ass out the entire time? Because, bro, it was just everywhere. It, it was like somebody was
4: intentionally shitting in the aisle. It was shocking. And, again, the video was not of the event, but it was like post-event that a passenger took. And when the pilot radios in that someone has had diarrhea quote all the way through the plane accurate there was nothing but from what I saw down one of these aisles nothing but we'll call it mess and like cleanup pads for the mess I mean the video of this is atrocious like you, you're not you're not gonna wanna you're not gonna want to take it off out. the plane that's what I How do you walk through that? Right, like- I don't know. We're, are we trapped here? Cause
2: I'm not stepping in this.
4: Yeah. That's owe I, me I've, new shoes. Right, I've thrown out shoes for that. Um, that's a good question. I assume it's one of these, we only saw the one aisle that was uh, obliterated, but usually these flights to Europe have three sections, so three they have sections. two aisles.
2: If you're on the section of So maybe we the all aisle. find
4: a way to get to the, maybe climb over well, it. Uh, you I'm know. climbing
2: on the seats. I'm walking on I'm top not, of seats. I have to.
4: There was, a, there was a commenter on Twitter that said he and his wife were on this flight and that the pilot made the right call to turn it around. This flight ended up being delayed eight hours. And these are people going to Barcelona like they're probably going on vacation. It's a start right. of a long, long weekend. They're probably going to like take advantage of that and take the next week. Like and they were fine. Like they were fine with the eight hour delay as opposed to six more hours of this is what our plane is like.
2: That's wild.
4: That's why you don't eat Chipotle before you get on a plane. Right. That person was either sick or just they had Chipotle for lunch. Either way. I saw another story about a flight, by the way, it was also a Delta flight that got my attention this week. And this is not like a big news story, news item, but like there was a flight coming back from Milan, Italy to Atlanta and they hit major turbulence. Uh, Close to Atlanta. They were almost done with the flight. 12 people got hurt in the turbulence, which I hadn't heard of before. And I'm someone who very uh, stubbornly does not like wearing a seatbelt on a plane and thinks that that's kind of dumb because it's like, what event could happen here where the seatbelt would protect me from death? Yeah this is an event that it would because there was a woman mentioned in there that she f- said she flew out of her seat and hit her head. The turbulence was so bad, hit her head on uh, the overhead storage bins and put oh, like man. a dent in it, put like a oh, dent hell. in the thing and had, and had to get medical treatment for that afterward. Like I didn't know turbulence could be that bad. So I think I might change my mind. Actually. I might start wearing a seatbelt on the plane.
2: That's wild. Um, yeah, dog. I, <sighs> I, I've always been a yeah, if this shit goes down, this seatbelt is not going to help. But right, I guess if you... And I've had some where you lift up out the seat a little bit, and that's the one. I, I'm not going to lie. I had a flight like three weeks ago where the wings on the plane definitely did like this.
4: <laughs> You're flapping your arms like a swan. Like, like so I'm like a, sitting like in dog. the exit row. I'm sitting in the
2: exit row and I'm flapping my arms like a bird. But the wings yeah. on the plane did that. And it's that moment where you definitely like talk to guy real quick and say, "Hey, dog, we're still cool, right?" <laughs> <laughs> because you're, dude. That it was like a cartoon. I'm like, I don't take drugs or anything like that. So what I'm seeing is actually happening. Yeah. And the wings yep. of plane definitely did that. It's like angels in the outfield. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my god, <laughs> what? Yeah, that's not here?
4: supposed to happen. That's not. My my, my travel is
2: crazy,
4: but go ahead. Finally, Russ. So just in the last like week or so, there has been born a spotless giraffe. Yes. Which I I would probably, I've seen it and it just looks like a brown giraffe. I would maybe just, maybe that's not a giraffe. Maybe it's just a weird horse. Uh, Five million bees. I don't know how they counted this, but five million bees spilled onto the road just outside Toronto. And a 14 foot alligator was caught in Mississippi. So a lot going on. None of these things are the thing I want to talk about. What I want to talk about instead is this article that I read in National Geographic that came out this summer where they compiled advice from reputable agencies like fish and wildlife agencies, things like that in different states about how to handle an animal attack. So if an animal attacks you, you will now know what to do. They covered bears, alligators, cougars, bison, moose, snakes, sharks, lions, slash cheetahs. They put okay. that in one category for some reason. Uh, I want to run through a little bit of this with you uh, for educational purposes for our audience. In case you run into a, uh, a bison or a lion slash cheetah, you'll now know what to do. Um This is all, I'm not, I'm not going to go through citing every single one of these, but this was compiled by National Geographic from all reputable experts and agencies. So a bear, Russ, here's what you do. Make yourself seem like difficult, big prey. Slowly wave your arms, kind of like what you were doing right now, bird life, to make yourself appear large and try to remain calm. Talk out loud, both to calm yourself and to indicate to the bear that you're a human. I'm not sure that part's going to help. Duh. Listen, Bear, I have children. I have a wife. If attacked by a grizzly bear, this is where this starts getting complicated. Like, you don't have time to look this up on your phone, so, so pay attention to this now. This is going to help you guys. If attacked by a grizzly bear, the National Park Service says you should play dead, lying with your stomach down, because your stomach is harder for the bear to rip apart. And if you have a backpack, leave that on your back. But the advice is different if it's a black bear. If it's a black bear, don't play dead. Instead, try to escape or fight back and concentrate on hitting the animal in the face and muzzle. So you need to know, you need to have the presence of mind, Russ, to know while you're being attacked by this bear, hold on. Grizzly bear, play dead. Black bear, punch it in the face.
2: I, I don't know who they think has the time to do this. Because at any at any moment with a bear in close proximity like that, you think death is imminent, which it probably is. Mm-hmm. Yes. And bears are fast. So I really don't
4: have time to be messing around here. Like, ooh, is that a grizzly? No, it's a black bear. Right. Like, Hold on. Let me look up the markings. Let me check this out. Let me, hit let him me pull up muscle. my what kind of bear is this app. Uh, an alligator. So the best defense is to poke at an alligator's eyes and hit it on the head. Try to get the animal to gag and release you. When the animal opens its mouth to reposition, take advantage of the moment and flee. That is curious advice to me because the next piece of information is run away in a straight line as fast as you can. And of course, you've always heard like I have, run in a zigzag. Right. It doesn't say to do that. It says run in a straight line as fast as you can. But then it goes on to say, Russ, that alligators can run 35 miles per hour. And I thought, how fast is that? I looked up. Usain Bolt was running like 28 miles an hour in those sprints. So, like, if Usain Bolt's getting caught, I got caught on the way to the alligator catching Usain Bolt. Yeah, two steps in, you're gone. Here's what to do if you encounter a cougar. Maybe you should handle this. Okay. Quietly move away if the animal didn't seem to notice you. But if it has already seen you, try to make yourself appear big by raising your arms slowly or opening your jacket over your head. If you happen to have an umbrella, quickly open and close it while facing the cougar to try to scare it off. But it says if the animal attacks you, the only advice they've got is fight back in any way you can.
2: Jeez, Which, that means it's a, it's a rat.
4: Yeah, I don't even get the point of that. If that's what I would do anyway.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they want to feel like, like they're hopeful. If
4: it attacks you, just wing it uh there's a Wild. there's a section in here i'll skip over about bison attacks because they're very rare but it again says you should run from them but it also mentions that the animal, the bison rust can move at speeds of 30 miles per hour or more they can hop over high fences and are also strong swimmers so if the bison wants to take you down you're out of luck snakes Do not apply a tourniquet or attempt to suck out any venom, according to the CDC. Not a good idea if you get bit by a snake. Try to sit and lie still and remain calm while you await help. If possible, clean the wound, cover it, and mark the edge of the affected area on the skin with what time it is. So you can kind of track your reaction to it, I guess. Never pick up a snake, it says, which I was already already doing. I wasn't going to do it anyway. Cool. I was already not. Uh, lions and cheetahs, Li- they put lions and cheetahs under the same, um, heading for some reason. But as I read this, I don't see why, cause they're very different. If you come upon a lion while it's resting back away again, something I would have done anyway, curious cheetahs or lions may approach a safari vehicle to smell chew on parts of it, or even climb onto it. The best thing you can do is always keep all of your limbs in the car, start the vehicle and carefully move away. Definitely do not reach out to try to touch a cheetah. I wasn't. Cheetahs are rarely aggressive towards humans, but even a playful swipe can cause a deep wound or laceration. Lions, however, are larger, bolder, and a single swipe can seriously injure or kill a human. If you encounter one, stay calm, avoid eye contact, and do not touch the animal. If a lion does decide to charge you, the only thing you can do is make yourself as big as possible stand your ground, or even move with a purpose towards the lion while yelling and making a lot of noise. That's a real one. That's 100% a real one because
2: you know you're out of there, buddy.
4: You're done. I'm not turning around. I'm not running. I'm not blowing a horn. Like, let's go, lion. You want to throw down? Let's do it. I'm a real one.
2: I imagine if you're in the situation where you're that close to the lion and you know, well, I'm about to meet my maker today. Like, I guess you can find that last gasp of hope to just like I'm I'm a, I'm gonna try to F this line up as best I can. And if I go out, I go out. Put your dukes up, Lion. Let's do it. <laughs> That's the news, sort of. That's a wild day of news. That's a hefty, hefty bit of uh of news there. This was uh this was fun. It takes us. This is a throwback to like when we started this thing.
4: Yeah. Except good. <laughs>
2: yes. Except good. Except good. uh this podcast, and I have just I made the executive decision that when Tony's not here, he can't be. He can't have a sponsor reason. Sorry about that.
4: I. I no, 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 it's Eagles fine. Kid, they did it's sponsor fine. him on the first ad read. I'm sorry.
2: No, it's fine. And I, I made the decision why you did that. uh Sports Jason is presented by Sheets and Giggles. Go to SheetsGiggles.com forward slash SA to get 23% off your next purchase using promo code SPORTS. That is promo code SPORTS, S-P-O-R-T-S. Um, get the softest, coolest sheets on the market. SheetsGiggles.com forward slash SA, promo code SPORTS. We are also brought to you by MGM. You can get 1500 Dollars back in site credit if you don't win your bet by using promo code adjacent one thousand. That is adjacent one thousand. By the time this comes out, we'll already have one game in week one down. Lions and Chiefs. You have a full slate of games uh, uh, over the weekend on Sunday and Monday. It should be a lot of fun. Bet MGM promo code adjacent one thousand. Bet MGM the king of
4: sportsbook. Jason, anything before we let the fine folks go? I've never done it before, but it sounds fun. I, I'm just I'm busy on Sundays because it's usually when the Bears or whatever team I've been covering plays. But like putting ten dollars down on a bunch of NFL games and then watching them all sounds like a really fun Sunday. For sure.
2: I I'm actually I made the decision I'm going to get for the first time get Red Zone, and I'm
4: actually pretty excited about it. There you go. Yeah, and this would like that would only heighten it. Yeah, that'd be cool.
2: And we will catch you guys next week.